Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, Cycle, Line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Forever. It's taken us a long time to get this point, but the holiday season allowed us the opportunity to take a break from doing Ground Control, the uh, official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. It is Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, and Mitchell Clinton with you. Episode 11, uh, right before the end of 2018, we were recording this. The Jets have just uh, lost 3-1 to one to the Minnesota Wild. So, gentlemen... As we uh, head into the new year of 2019, the Jets, of course, will wrap up their schedule in 2018 in Edmonton on New Year's Eve. The well has dried up a little bit, offensively. And this is what happens over a long National Hockey League season. But the Jets have had four games, so their last five, where they've only scored one goal. Mitchell, any concerns on your part? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, yeah, you'd like to see them go in. and But, like, you win a game one nothing in Vancouver and everything's fine, right? But... Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, as they always say with, with players uh, that come into the league as goal scorers or just kind of identify as goal scorers, if you're getting chances, that means you're doing things right. And I feel like the, the Jets are getting chances. Now, Is it are they creating offense the exact way that Paul Maurice maybe would like in the last couple of games? Probably not. Uh, most of what he would like to see is a directness with the puck, use your speed to create seams. I think he feels like in the last couple of games they've kind of just sat back a little bit, waited for the seam to open up, and then are trying to hit the pass. Um, obviously had a number of chances against Calgary and couldn't beat David Riddick. And then maybe they were a little bit of a step off it against the Minnesota Wild. So uh, I look for them in Edmonton to, uh, to kind of get back to their game with a little bit of speed. But offensively, no, I don't think. I mean, anytime you're you're not putting up three or four uh, with this team, it feels like it, like things yeah. are drying up. But as long as the opportunities are there, I think things are all right. There was even a stretch where the Jets uh, went 0 for 11 on the power play. They went four games without a power play goal, which is almost unheard of, especially with this group. Uh, Tyler, I've never heard. I've heard Paul Maurice use the term "we played slow" a lot. Yep. Uh, over the year and a half, I've been with this hockey, covering this hockey club, but never as much as I heard him say it after the game against the Minnesota Wild. Is that the slowest you've seen the Jets play in, in, in some time? Yeah, it's one of the slower games, and I, I think it was sort of echoed throughout the entire dressing room after the game against Minnesota, is that the, the theme was we played slow. And, you know, you asked Mitch if the well has dried up, and while offensively on the score sheet, for sure, it's not as many goals as we're used to seeing from this team. The Those opportunities, those offensive chances are created, like Mitch said, when you're direct on pucks, when... You know, you are using your speed and using team defense to create seams that, you know, allow for offense. So it's not that the puck just isn't going in while in the game against Calgary. They did have their chances. You know, uh, Brian Little was robbed by David Riddick and uh, Patrick Patrick Lane hit the post. Yeah. There's so many things that come from being fast. Um, So I think they're just going to look to to get a lot quicker and... uh, Hopefully they are able to, you know, find some offensive firepower against Edmonton. Obviously they're gonna they're gonna need it because Edmonton is a team that scores a lot. Obviously they're on a bit of a slide too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We've seen three. This will be the third team we've seen who is on a losing skid. Uh, Calgary was on a three game skid. Minnesota was on a five game skid, I believe. Edmonton's, Ed- are, Edmonton's are on five. Yeah. They're uh, they've hit five, I believe today. Yeah, they lost to San Jose. So, so it'll be interesting. You know, these are these are the other thing too is. These are teams that we're playing that are very hungry. Things are going bad for, especially for Minnesota. I mean, they've lost five in a row. So 
It, you have to give them credit. They were clogging up the neutral zone very well, making it difficult for the Winnipeg Jets. The one thing that I saw in the game on Saturday was so many times Winnipeg would sort of get a little bit into the neutral zone and then have to regroup because they're not skating. And mm-hmm. then, you know, regroup, 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 and it just doesn't allow for anything to create. So I think they're going to want to get back to basics, like Paul said. Yeah, and they haven't had a lot of practice time because of their hectic schedule before the Christmas break. They had four days off, and, and I, I, you know, in that first period against Calgary, they looked like a team that hadn't played or skated at all in four days. But these are two games behind. The Jets now have dropped back-to-back games twice this season. Both times they lost to Calgary first, then lost to Minnesota. The first time that happened, it was on the road. This time it's at home. Uh, The Jets won't play at home until January 6th when they play the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. And Jets fans, anytime you think things are bad, all you got to do is look. I mean, I'll do this all year. At least it's not Dallas bad. And it, 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 it... I mean, this is completely out of the Jets' realm, but just to see a, a CEO of, an, of, of a hockey team, uh, Jim Lights, of course, CEO of the Dallas Stars, calling out their stars, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. And it, I mean, this is something you would not see here in Winnipeg. But a quick thought on that, guys, starting with you, Mitch. Yeah, just obviously it's a, it's a little bit different. I, I mean, both uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn had to uh, deal with the microphones in their face uh, the next day, but... Really, all you can do after that is as you go out, you play the next game, and you try to play well, and you just one game at a time from there. I mean, there's not much as players I don't think they can really do about it outside of, uh, you know, getting out on the ice for the next game and, and doing what they can and playing for their teammates, just as Jamie Benn said. Yeah, the one interesting thing that, obviously, it's a little bit different, but when Ubergate happened with the Ottawa Senators <laughs> and Matt Duchesne, you know, he was facing a lot of questions, and then he came out and played very well. I think he, I believe yeah. he's injured right now, but... You know, he, he came out and, and lit it up, so who knows? Uh, hopefully they don't do that uh, when the Jets see them here on January 6th, 6th. it is. so. Um, but yeah, an interesting situation. Like you said, that, that'll never happen here, I don't think, so let's hope anyway. So Jamie Bannon and Tyler Sagan, very well compensated. Of course, uh, Tyler Sagan's extension doesn't kick until next season, but they're being paid very well, so you can see some, some of the frustration. And Dallas is one of those teams that... Uh, at the beginning part of this year, I thought would be a playoff team. There was no question about it. They made another coaching change, and Mitch and I were talking about this before the pregame show. They're a team that have had three different head coaches in three years, and with that star-based lineup, you would expect so much more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a challenge, of course, going uh, between three different coaches. Of course, uh, Lindy Ruff was the first, then Ken Hitchcock, now obviously moved on to their third, and it's, you know, maybe there's some different styles and things like that, but... I mean, it's kind of in different things uh, every year for them. It's uh, obviously they're they're an offensively gifted team, and then Klingberg on the back end is uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, obviously things haven't uh, clicked completely for them. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how things progress for them. Uh, coaching wise, there has not been a, a lot of changes here in in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Paul Maurice on Thursday against the Calgary Flames coaches 400th game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Mets, you've been here his entire tenure with the Jets uh, just I, I don't want to get into a story this time we'll go around the table here momentarily yeah. but just your thoughts of the job he has done over the 401 games that he's coached uh, well I mean he uh, obviously was uh, one of the, the main reasons that they got to the playoffs in 2015 had the the memorable uh, memorable run um, kind of really he came in if I if I remember correctly he just kind of came in and one of the things he wanted to reestablish was a little bit of a, of a more defensive look and try to make the game in front of uh, then goaltender Andre Pavlik look a little bit more familiar, a little bit more clean uh, to try to give him some some better looks at the puck. And then obviously they, they go through the quote-unquote uh, you know in, 
you know, they, they inject some some younger players into the lineup uh, over the course of two seasons, and then now it's it's just a completely different looking team. But yet, Paul Maurice has kind of been able to adapt with that. No matter what he's kind of got in the lineup, whether it's the team he had in 2015, which was a definitely a two-one hockey team, uh, versus the team that he that he has now, which can you know put up five against San Jose or can win games one nothing against mm-hmm. the, the Vancouver Canucks. So it's been an interesting shift. I, I do have a story about Paul Maurice. So last year in Chicago, Tyler and I, and I were on that trip, and it was. Uh, they were at the Ice House practicing. We were, I think we were in Chicago for three days, which was glorious. Yep. Um, Paul had forgotten to take off his skate guards and wiped out coming out in the ice. And I, I mean, I was laughing so hard I was crying. And then Paul had said afterwards that all he saw was teeth and tears. So, uh, <laughs> and he did mention, he, I'm okay, thank you so much for asking. But that is one of, I mean, he's just got a great sense of humor and that was one of my, one, one of my favorite moments. Of course, there's quotes beyond quotes that we can go, get into. But Tyler, share a, a Paul Marie story, if you will. Yeah, you know, it just, Thinking about it right now, I kind of go back to, I think it was like my first, I think it was my first month or so on the job, and uh, we had found out that Palm Race was being extended by the hockey club, and so uh, Jets TV was going to do some sit-down interviews with himself and uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff, who also got an extension prior to that last season, and we, I remember we had a big set all set up, all the cameras were ready to go, Mitch was in there, and, and Ryan, who used to work here, was also in there, and you know, Paul comes in and he sort of just walked right past me and I was a new face and he just sat down at the chair and said hi to Mitch, said hi to Ryan and sort of didn't say anything to me and, and being a new guy, I was like, well, whatever, I, it's, it's fine, I don't really need to be said hello to, it's it's okay, I, I get don't worry about work me. here. Don't worry about me. The interview ends and he comes straight over to me and says, I am so sorry, I didn't say hi to you, I, you know, I just was in a zone and I, you're new here, welcome happy to have you aboard so it, you know it's just it's the little things with Paul Maurice that really stick with you and mm-hmm. he didn't have to do that you yeah. know I would have gone on and would think nothing less about the man but yeah. you know the fact that he made a point to come over apologize for something that he didn't need to apologize for just spoke volumes about the person he is couldn't be a better guy and yeah um, off here. I mean for me it's uh I mean this is probably somewhere back in the in the Jets TV archives uh it was pre-game and, and i can't remember what what had kind of gone on but it was a big uh kind of a big media story so of course a lot of the questions the players and, and paul maurice are, are facing are about that and it was during a morning skate so during a morning skate um one of the things that, that we kind of assist with indirectly here is with the uh the pre-game report that plays on the scoreboard so for that you do need some some quotes about the guys talking about the game the game the game itself um so usually what happens is, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be the one that, that asks that question about the game. Um, so Paul was, was kind of doing media and everything, and he uh, was answering those questions. So I did, you know, have to slide in my, my question about the game itself, and um, he had a he answered it and then kind of just said uh, in his normal uh, sarcastic tone, you know, I, I owe you a, a lunch or a meal on the road or <laughs> meals on you or something like that, which was which was funny at the time. So, um, yeah, he, I mean, like you said, just numerous stories, whether he's shaking your hand on the plane when you land at 2.30 in the morning because Christmas is coming up, anything like that. He's uh, he's just uh, he's a great guy to be around, and you can see why the players like playing for him. And there is a possibility that Paul Maurice could be going to San Jose for the All-Star game. Uh, yep. If the Jets are in first place in the Western Conference at a certain point next month, 
he's bound for for uh, San Jose. Just uh, quickly, guys, before we go to break, we have Chris Peters from ESPN. He's a draft and prospect analyst uh, down south uh, with some thoughts on the Jets' prospects that are playing at the World Junior Hockey Tournament. Of course, World Junior is going on in Victoria and Vancouver. We'll have that for you momentarily. But just... Tyler, who you think could be going to San Jose or will be going to San Jose next month for the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, just spitballing. Obviously, we have, we have a ton of amazing talent on this team that yeah. you know could go. But you sort of look at past invitees and past guys who've been voted in, whether or not they're on the Jets or across the league. Uh, the the one that sticks out is for sure to me a lock is Mark Shifley. I think all three of us are in agreement on that. Yeah, one. yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe Patrick Line will probably get in, and um, depending on the status of Dust, Dustin Bufflin at the mm-hmm. time that we're recording this mm-hmm. um you know we're not quite sure um he did sustain a, i believe it was a lower body injury um in the game against minnesota so uh if he's healthy i think he goes mm-hmm. and i also think paul maurice is like you said is is gonna go okay yeah it, Mitch? and it's interesting you know blake blake wheeler's near the the top of the league in assists i mean once again he's a he's another guy that i think has uh potentially earned an all-star nod like you said tyler i mean there's there's a whole lot of options uh, on the Jets roster that could be going. Uh, like we said earlier, Shifley certainly Shifley's seems going. like one. Shifley's yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, that could be going. So, yeah, there, there's you're a number welcome, of names. just thought you let you know that you're going <laughs> to the All-Star game in San Jose. I, I think it's Wheeler, Shifley, and Hellebuck. So we'll we'll have to see how that works out. We'll uh, wrap things up here after we hear from Chris Peters. Uh, some very nice things to say about the Jets scouting staff. He's, he's got a friend with a couple of members of the Jets scouting staff and some, some nice things to say about how the Jets have drafted over the years past. But uh, here's Chris Peters, ESPN draft and prospect analyst. Watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellman. Rise. Blake Wheeler. All Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. This is Mason Appleton. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Please be joined on this edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets by Chris Peters, ESPN's NHL draft and prospect analyst. Chris, how you doing and how's Vancouver? Uh, I'm I'm doing great, Jamie. It's uh, it's been a fun fun experience so far. It's my first time in, in downtown Vancouver. I've driven through it a few times, and it's nice to actually finally be able to hang out and, and kind of enjoy uh, enjoy the city. And obviously, uh, when it's the World Juniors, it's it's hard not to have fun watching the hockey as well. Uh, so many big names at this tournament, Chris. Uh, just uh, starting things off, who has the most to prove at, at this tournament this time around? Uh, you know, it's, that's a good question. I, I think that there's, you know, in terms of, of, of depth and, and talent, I, I feel like this U.S. team uh, has, has a lot to prove. Um, coming off of bronze medal, trying to keep a medal streak going here, um, it's kind of been more of, uh, for, for USA Hockey, more about continuing that consistency. It was one of the things that uh, the late Jim Johansson talked, talked about mm-hmm. at the end of last year. Uh, was uh, was to say, hey, you know, we've got this three. They, they've never won three consecutive medals, which they've done before. Um, they have obviously a ton of talent with the Hughes brothers. They have uh, they, they have some some high end draft prospects like Oliver Wallstrom and, and Joel Farabee. Um, you know, there's there's just so much talent on that team, and so now it's a matter of can you hang with Canada in this tournament? Can you try to push for another gold medal? Um, you know, it's still I think we're still in the process of seeing USA Hockey build up. Their, their world junior resume. It's not as long. They're, 
as Canada that they, it's going to take a long time to get there. Yeah. But, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, with, with Russia as well. You know, it's, it's just a matter of staying with those kind of teams and, and not having those falterings as, as they've had in years past where, you know, they get bounced in the quarterfinal or, you know, finish outside of the medals. So I, I, I feel like they have a lot to prove because obviously Canada, heavy favorite, most talented team here uh, by a long shot, I think. What do you like about Team Canada's uh, squad? Well, I mean, obviously, I think that they're they're skilled and just uh, at every single position. Uh, they they have depth everywhere. Um, you know, I, I think their decor moves the puck extraordinarily well. Um, they have uh, some good good guys that uh, just just get the puck up and down the ice and, and can can really put opposing teams on their heels. And then they have speed throughout the lineup. And you know, the fact that it looks like Alexi Lafreniere is going to end up being the 13th forward, and if that's your 13th forward, you're you're in pretty darn good shape. And and, you know, we saw guys that have stepped up recently, like Mackenzie Entwistle, and um, you know, we've seen uh, Morgan Frost obviously showing uh, some of his uh, high-end skills, and Barrett Hayden. I mean, there have been a lot of guys that, that have really stepped up for Canada as well. I, I think their goaltending is fantastic. So, I mean, just top to bottom, the depth. I, I just don't. I had I've yet to see a team here um, in all the games that I've watched live and on video that that has you know that talent up and down the lineup. What did you think of uh, head coach Tim Hunter calling out Alexis Lafreniere today? Um, you know, it's I think it's interesting. Uh, he's the youngest guy on the team. He's, you know, I think uh, it was pretty clear to him at the at the start of the tournament that you know if, if certain guys were healthy, he wasn't going to be on the team. Um, you know, so the fact that you know you've got a, a younger guy that that's kind of taking some criticism where it's, you know, he's talking about, you know, floating around the perimeter and not getting enough, uh, uh, you know, not, 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 you know, really driving hard enough uh, with his skating because he is a, a good skater and he hasn't, he hasn't showcased that in this tournament yet mm-hmm. at this point. And, and it's been a little too tentative. I mean, I, and I think really what Tim Hunter is doing, is not to, to disparage him or, or to, to discourage him. It is to light a fire under him because as we saw at the Holinka Gretzky cup this year, Lafreniere, was a dynamic player, but he was also gritty and hard and, uh, you know, taking charge. And in here he's been passive and, and, you know, that can happen for these younger guys, but um, he's certainly a talent. And I think that that was kind of what they want to see from him is like, Hey, you know, nothing is going to be handed to you here. Everything's been kind of easy to this point, but we need you to, to be something more than that. And I, I think that's what Tim Hunter is really trying to do with, with calling him out a little bit. Of course, Canada opened up the tournament, Chris, with a 14 nothing win over Denmark. Now, some criticism comes into play every year, it seems, at this time, uh, about the 10-team format and should they have these countries coming in. What are your thoughts on the 10-team format and should they reduce it? Or do you like the, the countries like Denmark and Kazakhstan getting these opportunities? I think it's so important for those teams to be in the tournament. I know that it's not for, you know, it's not good TV. It's not uh, It's not great for the people in the building, and it's probably not that great for the guys on either side of that result, uh, not a lot gained by that. But that's really not why that they're there in the first place. And that's mm-hmm. the, the, the important thing is, is Denmark is here because they earned the right to be here. They they are not here to, uh, you know, they, they certainly know where they stand. They're not yeah. trying to, you know, pretend that they're playing for a gold medal. <laughs> they are trying to build a program. And you look a couple of years ago when they made the quarterfinals and, you know, the the, the the level of player that they've been able to develop despite the small number of players in their country and the small number of ranks in their country. 
um, is is pretty impressive. And, and, you know, I think that game got out of hand, but then they responded with a really strong game against Russia. And it was a 4 nothing result, but at the same time, Denmark responded, come, you know, losing 14 nothing, and they came right back and they played hard and they played played a great game. And, and you know, Olaf Eller was asked yesterday the same thing, um, you know, just about what you know what what should we do with with this? And he said, hey, the 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 whole the whole Canadian thing. He had no problem with them continuing to pour it on. He said we have to be better, and it's and he said we used that game as inspiration for the game against Russia. We knew we could play better than we did, and we wanted to show you know show everybody that we can. And, and the other thing that's important about it is it, it's not just about the world juniors. This is about building up those players for their future careers. And, you know, you wonder if guys like, like Nick Ehlers and, and Oliver yeah. Bjorkstrand, if they didn't have those opportunities at the world juniors, maybe, you know, certain things change in there. You know, they, they just aren't as prepared or maybe they just didn't have that experience. And, it, and I mean, obviously they're real talented players would have made it no matter what, but at the same time, they had those experiences at a young age that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And, and I think that's one of the important reasons is that the World Juniors isn't just about winning golds and everything. It's about building up your program and building up your national, international experience and giving your players a chance to see what it's like to play against the best of the best. Yeah, well well said, Chris. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Nikolai Ehlers, who at one time was a Jets prospect, now one of their star players. Jets have three prospects at this tournament. I know you don't get to see a lot of them up close and personal, but uh, I know you know Dylan Sandberg quite well. What have you thought of him and his development? Yeah, you know, he's he's been a guy that I thought, you know, he, he kind of came out of left field last year at this tournament and just, you know, showed that that he's, he's really continuing to mature. I mean, the fact that he was playing high school hockey just a couple of years ago and is now, you know, won a World Junior Bronze Medal. He's a top four defenseman this year. He was a national champion last year. Um, you know, I think that he's not just a bit player in those in those kind of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's uh, actually a, a key player, and here he's an even more important player. And he's, you know, kind of he's not wearing a letter, but he's part of the leadership group of the U.S. team. And you know, he plays a very steady game. He's very reliable. And, and I think the coaching staff has all the trust in the world in him. And, you know, I'll be heading up to Victoria tomorrow uh, to, to finally get a chance to see USA and Finland and Sweden live um, over these next couple of days. And, you know, what I saw on video from, from Dylan Sandberg is that, you know, he's a year older, he's a year stronger. Um, obviously watched him at, at UMD some this year as well. And, and that's what you're seeing. He's developing just as you'd hope to see based on kind of a year where I think he progressed far faster than most people believed. Uh, but he moves the puck well. He, he defends extremely well. And he's just a very smart, clever player um, who, who kind of, you know, uses the ice really well and uses what's given to him uh, very well. So very versatile guy and a guy that's very much relied on by Team USA here. Uh, of course, the Jets didn't have a first-round pick last year after years and years of success picking in the first round. David Gustafson was their second-round pick. Uh, just a quick thought on him and the Jets selecting him in the second round. I know it's been a long time since June. But what did you know of him? What do you like about him? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did get a chance to see him in August as well at the, at the World Junior Camp. And, you know, I'll, I'll be watching him a lot more closely here as well. And I think uh, what stands out about him is that he does everything you ask of him. And, and the coaching staff absolutely loves him. He he, he can play kind of a grinding style. He's, he's got skill. He's not the most skilled guy. But he, he scores. He can score. But this, mm-hmm. this team really likes him for his, his grit, his compete, um, his ability to – shut down top lines. He's playing good minutes so far for Sweden. He's playing yeah. an important role, and, and I know that the coaching staff really loves him and respects him as a player and, and what he can bring to their team. Uh, of course, the NHL draft is in Vancouver this year. It could be the – well, it is the Jack Hughes draft. 
Um, just outside of Jack, what what is this draft? Is it a center-heavy draft? What type of draft is coming up in 2019, Chris? Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of centers. I think that this is a year where you know if you're looking for forwards um, and, and and top end centers, you're you're going to have some really good options. Um, Jack Hughes obviously at the top of that list, but then you look at some of the guys in the WHL and Dylan Cousins and Kirby Dock. Um, you know, skilled guys, guys that were I'm sure in the midst to you know potentially compete for a spot on this team. Um, guys that played in the WHL Canada series, uh, Canada Russia series earlier in the year. Um, you know, so those are guys that, that are, are great to watch. But Silly Pud Colson, who, who played at the World Junior A Challenge and played so well there that Russia decides to just keep him here and, and play in the World <laughs> Junior Championship. And he's killing penalties as, as a 17-year-old for Russia. And the fact that he's doing that for a team coached by Valerie Bragan is, <laughs> speaks volumes about what, what he is as a player and how much he is trusted because Valerie Bragan does not tend to play, uh, top end uh, 17-year-olds, no matter how good they are, above the fourth line and not on special teams. And, right. and sure enough, there he is out there. So those are the kinds of guys that you'll see. Some very good defensemen as well, Bowen Byram, Philip Robert, who's in this tournament for Sweden. Uh, you know, some really good skaters there. Um, and I think you're just going to see a lot of guys from WHL country and the United States that are going to be going very high in this draft. That's kind of the theme this year. Um, a lot of Americans, a lot of dub guys that, that are going to get a lot of attention as things progress. But uh, I think if you're looking forward, you got some good good options here. Uh, the way it looks right now, Chris, the Jets will be drafting late in the first round. Is there, is there a late? Is it a deep draft, or is this something you're looking a little bit down the road? Oh, I think the top end of this draft is very talented. I think there's a lot of good good options um, that will be available in the later portions of the draft. You know, I think it's, as I mentioned, a lot of American kids that are kind yeah. of matriculating and and, and and popping out, and I think. You know, you wonder, does a guy like Cole Caulfield, who's an elite scorer uh, at the National Team Development Program, but he's about five foot seven and 150 pounds, you know, wow. how far does he, he how far does he go? You know, can he yeah. drop low? And I think if, if he did, you know, that's the kind of guy where I could definitely see the Jets, even though they've, they've taken some real big guys, they, they certainly can play a heavy game. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that, you know, you, you take a chance on late in the round. And, and I think he's, He's shown, you know, you look at what Alex DeBrinkett is doing at, at, with Chicago, and I think that that's a, a guy that, you know, he gets compared to frequently, but I think Caulfield is faster at the age that he's at than, than DeBrinkett was at that time. He's a little bit more skilled with the puck, and, and he, he's like, like DeBrinkett. He doesn't need the puck to score. So if that's a guy that's still there late in the first round, I think you snap him up. Uh, also, John Beecher, who's the complete opposite. He's more of a power forward. He's a big kid. He's strong. He's going to the University of Michigan. Um, he's also on that U.S. national under 18 team and, um, you know, little, lacks the skill that, that, uh, that a Caulfield does, but he has a tremendous power and he's a, a great skater. Um, you know, kind of, I don't want to compare him to Blake Wheeler necessarily because I think the, the <laughs> offense still needs a ways to go, but, you know, he play, he can play that freight train kind of style where he just gets going and his skating is so good that he's tough to defend. So, um, but that's a guy that I think you could, you could certainly look out for. And, and then also Spencer Knight. I mean, just to stick with the Americans, there are so many yeah. kind of in that late round range, you know, if you're looking for a goaltender and I don't think that, uh, that the Jets will need one anytime soon, but he's one of the few guys that I think deserves a, a shot to go in the first round as a goaltender. He's, he's here with the U S team. He's pretty much the third string goalie right now. Uh, we'll see if he gets some time, but, 
having a tremendous year at the National Team Development Program. He's going to Boston College. He's a guy that you can just let sit in college for three years. You won't need him anytime soon. Uh, but he's the kind of guy that, that is trending in like a, a, you know, a Connor Hellebuck type way in terms of he's really uh, come onto the scene here and has showcased as, as a 17 year old that, that he can be one of the elite goaltenders um, in his age group and, and possibly uh, at a higher level down the road. Well, man, we could talk draft all day, and I got the, the pleasure of meeting you in, in Dallas last year at the NHL draft, and uh, you really have an appreciation for what Kevin Sheveldayoff and the, and the management group has done here and the scouting staff uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. What is it that uh, you admire the most about what Winnipeg has done through the draft, Chris? Well, you know, I think they've just got a, a really nice variety of, 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 of minds in their scouting department, and obviously there are you know, quite a few, few last guys that I've known over the years as well. Yeah. You know, guys like Max Geezy and, 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 uh, Dan Schrader, who, who I knew when he was, you know, just a blogger and, and he's <laughs> built a, a very nice career for himself. And, and I think that they, they listen to each other. Uh, you know, that I think that that's, they, they, everybody's got a, a valid opinion and they, they find guys wherever they are. And, uh, you know, you, you look at, uh, some of the, the, the types of players that they've drafted and they're not afraid to go after those, those guys that are, you know, a little bit off the beaten path, like a Nathan Smith who plays for Cedar Rapids in the USHL or, or, you know, or an Austin Wong up in, in Canada who has such a great World Junior A challenge. You know, those are the types of players that, you know, you, if you hit on those guys, if they, if they can kind of, if you believe in them and give them time to develop, they can fill out your roster like, you know, like an Andrew Kopp. And, um, you know, Kopp was always one of my favorite prospects just because of the story that he was and the fact that he just built himself up and, you know, when the football injury happens, he, he turns himself into a player. And, and, you know, you look at the character of the kid as well. And I think that's such an important factor that Winnipeg looks at. And you say, hey, this kid, he might not be the most skilled guy right now, but we believe in kind of what he is and their leadership qualities and their their personality qualities that we want to have. And I think that's one of the things that, that really stands out to me about the way the Jets do business. And, and obviously it's paid off extremely well because they've had a high hit rate in the draft, which – is you know paying dividends right now and, and making fans uh, excited about the future and, and and obviously thrilled with the present. So uh, things are going really well, and you have to have a strong draft in in, in the cap world, and and the Jets have that. Chris, really appreciate the time. Uh, just want to wish you a happy new year. I'm looking forward to seeing you again in uh, six months' time when you're back in Vancouver. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks a lot, Jamie. I appreciate you having me on. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Well, Chris Peters, ESPN's draft and prospects analyst. Met him last year at the uh, draft in Dallas. Great guy. Uh, just As you just heard, speaks glowingly about what the Jets have done uh, throughout the National Hockey League draft. And, of course, uh, saying the Americans have the most to prove at this year's World Junior Tournament in Canada, the heavy favorites. So we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, before we get into our resolutions uh, with the 2019 calendar year about to begin we are going to take care of the jets rewards 50 points on the line right now and the promo code for this podcast episode 11 of the winnipeg jets official podcast known as ground control is ehlers ehlers is the word punch it in you have yourself 50 jets reward points go to jetsrewards.ca 
do the duty. You've got yourself 50 points. It's just that easy. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast and the uh, previous podcast, which you can still download at this moment. Um, just let's get into resolutions here, Tyler. Uh, I, I'm not very good at these. I probably blow through them in two months where I am say I'm going to do something and I don't usually follow through on it. Yep. But we'll, we'll do this. We'll play this game. Okay. Should we Mitch right now? Uh, we'll text Mitch right now. He uh, left. Yes. To go. So we know Mitch's resolution <laughs> is to stop leaving work functions early. Yes. Mitch. Not allowed. First off, missed time with whatever illness it was. And then, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Mitch. You want to go first with your... Yeah, I, I can go first. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Resolutions. I want to read more books. Okay. I need to be more learned. Right. So we're going to stop. We're going to start watching less Netflix on the plane and start reading more books. Hey. Yeah, that's good. my sacred time on the plane. I love Netflix. <laughs> I, I love don't know. The Netflix. I need to read a few more books uh, and and change up the variety of books too. Okay. I think the last every book that I've ever owned in the last you know three four years, it's always hockey related. I'm reading a good. Uh, uh, it's I would just call it a book about life. I won't say the title because it's okay. inappropriate. Yeah. it has an orange cover. If, oh yeah, for those of you who know, know what that is. Yeah. You've changed since you started reading that book, by the way. Good. You're like a little less tight. I've read a chapter. <laughs> so. You've really stopped caring what people say about you. Yes. So you've changed so much. Never have, never will. Okay, uh, Jamie Thomas, what are your resolutions? Oh, hold on. Mitchell Clinton has just texted me back. Uh, news resolution is to stay healthy and not get sick and miss a week in the second half of the regular season. <laughs> it's like he knew we were talking about him. His ears were Well, ringing. we did say when he left, hey, we're going to talk about you. Yeah. And he said, okay. Okay. Um, before I get to mine, how many books are you talking about here? Oh, just the one. You're going to read more books? <laughs> <than> <laughs> well, more. You're going to read more books than this. <laughs> You're going to read one book. Well, when you read zero, <laughs> one is technically more. And it's only a 200-pager, so you, I got lots you, of time. <laughs> the, the bar is low. That's awesome. I'm going to read two books. Just <laughs> if you know what the book's about. Yeah. Then you'd understand why it's only one. And now you'll see why it won't bother you that I'm making fun of you for only reading one book in yeah. 2019. Yep. Zero given. Zero to one. Zero to one. Congratulations. You're going to meet your resolution. I'm going to read three books this year. How about that? And I'm not going to get sick this year. Jamie Thomas owes me a lunch if he gets sick. Because mm-hmm. after every road trip, somebody got I the sniffles. Si- I got sick last year a lot. And at the start of this year. Yeah. We should move on from... Yeah. No, resolution is okay. I think people yeah. need to know a little bit more about us, because this is what this podcast is about, clearly. Anyways. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, also, I'd like to throw out a huge double thumbs up to Mama Esquivel for her delicious fudge that she prepared yes. for the Jets TV gang. Thank you, Mom. Uh, Daniel Ma, should we ask him what his resolution is, or we don't have enough time? No, we can ask Daniel. He's, he's a rookie. No. He doesn't want to yeah. say anything? Yeah, he's like what? Yeah, he's he's like 16 years old, so... No one cares about him anyways. No. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for taping this podcast, Moss. And Recording. It's not on a tape. How oh, yeah, sorry. 47. <laughs> it shows right yeah. now at this moment. Resolution. Learn more about technology. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of Ground Control. I'll learn how to speak to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk to you next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.